Hey, this is Phil Yano with the Tech After Five podcast, and today it's a kind of a special episode because I'm actually interviewing my pal, Scott Pfeiffer, about a problem or a challenge that I know some of you have. And the question is, how do I build a business that I can sell? You know, there's one kind of business, a lifestyle business. It's a business that you kind of run along the way and you get money out of it as you go along the way, more than not, but, it, but the idea is I just, I'm, and then when it's done, you shut it down, right? But there's another kind of business where you say, I am building something that I am one day going to sell to other folks. And if that's the kind of business that you want to build, you've got to make some decisions about how you're going to run that business. And uh, Scott has helped a number of people who are building tech businesses in particular, some guys who've built and sold and built and sold and working on their third or fourth, and some who are on their first or second, but he's helping them get to a business that they can sell. I thought you would find this conversation interesting. You probably would find it useful. I mean, even if it's not the thing you want to do right now, you can learn a little bit about how this goes and learn how what some of the decisions are you'd need to make. It's 20 minutes of great conversation with me and Scott Pfeiffer. I hope you enjoy it. Listen up. Hey, today we're talking about building business value. And of course, there's nobody better for me to talk to than the guy who's just written the book on this. We've had Scott in here before to talk about the actual process, you know, what changed his mind about the writing of the book, et cetera. But the thing is now we can talk about these strategies that he's put together for people who want to build the business value. You know, I'm a, Scott, I started off with the wrong idea to begin with, I think, or maybe just one narrow idea that I was building it to sell, but that's not the case. There are lots of reasons. I mean, I might run a lifestyle business, but this is not about running a lifestyle business. I mean, it can support a great lifestyle, but this is about actually building business value. When someone wants to come to you and they need to read this book, what does the presenting problem, Scott Pfeiffer? Hey, Phil, it's great to be here, <laughs> as always. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I normally only work with entrepreneurs or, or entrepreneurial partnerships that are trying to build a business that has value that they're going to do something with at some point in time. Maybe they're going to bring in investors. Maybe they're going to back it into a public shell. Maybe they're going to sell it to a third party or sell the assets to a third party. Maybe they're going to sell it to an insider. But even if you sell it to an insider or an ESOP or your employees, the business still has to have value because you're going to want either those people to write you a check for it, or you're going to want more likely their bank to write you a check and the bank has to see the value. So if your plan, if your exit strategy is that at the end of the day, sometime in the future, someone's going to write you a check for the value of the business, then you need to be about building that business value. And there are certain things you do and certain decisions you make along the way that will build that business value. Whereas if you're just creating a lifestyle business, and I don't mean to say just because it's a perfectly legitimate thing to do, if you're creating a lifestyle business, and what I mean about by a lifestyle business is you're going to run it, you're going to pull the money out of it as you go. You're not concerned with its future value. You're concerned with its current cash that it's kicking off. 
And at the end of the day, when you're ready to retire or do something else, you're just going to shut it down. It's going to close it. Um, you're going to retire and you're just going to, you know, boom, the business is over. I'm no longer doing that. You know, maybe you're a, you know, for example, one great example of that is me, right? I have a company, Strategy Business Consulting LLC, and I am not attempting to build its value. I do not intend to sell it to someone at the end of the day. When I'm done doing whatever I'm doing, I'm just going to close it. Um, so I'm not about building value in that business, but most of the people I work with are trying to build value in their business. Yeah. And the thing is, what they don't want to do is they don't want to run down the road and haven't spent years inside of a business and then not be able to sell it because they've made some mistakes that you have seen time and time again. I mean, there's a lot of things you can get wrong that make a business just kind of unsellable. And when you say unsellable, I mean, you can't even, you can't sell it to a friend even because they can't get the bank to lend money on it because you never made it clear that it had some value to begin with, right? That's right. I mean, you end up with at best like a 100% earn out deal where they just sort of pay you over time a little bit of the proceeds that you don't get the value you think it's worth. And it's hard, you know, you said a presenting problem. Well, <clears throat> the issue with that, and I normally love that idea is there's a problem and I have the solution, right? But here, once you have the problem of, oh, I'd like to sell my business and it's not worth anything, it's too late <laughs> to really, there are some things you can do, but you're really pulling it off the scrappy. This is someone who knows that that's what they want to do in three to five to longer years from now. What can they do? What decisions can they make that will build that value for them? So it's really the presenting problem is someone who doesn't want to end up wrecked on the rocks. They want to go ahead and, you know, sail right on by to, to blue water. Yeah, no, I agree. Exactly. Right. So that's it. If you are building a business that is not one that's just turning out cash for you right now, but you want to and you want to be able to sell it someday. And then there are some things that you need to do. And that's what this book is kind of based around. It's just a series of the core ideas of things you need to get right in order to pull this off. That's right. That's right. And a great example of that is the first, the very first chapter, which is, and you would think this is common sense, but it's not. And that is uh, showing a profit at the end of every year. Um, if you want to build value over time, then you need to show a profit. And yes, I understand you're going to have to pay tax on that profit. Oh, well. Uh, and for extra points, have that profit increasing year over year over year. So you're showing a nice long trend of increasing profit. And then when I buy the business and I look at that, I say, wow, this company has shown a nice long trend of increasing profit year over year for five years. That reduces my risk when we come to a, a price. Uh, you know, I'm, that makes me go, ha, huh, okay. It looks like that could continue to do that. Now I can price it out with less risk. Whereas if you, what the advice all small businesses get from their accountants, virtually all accountants who see their job as helping you avoid taxes is, let's zero this thing out every year. Let's find ways to spend extra money. Let's delay collections. You know, oh, somebody might pay me in December. Let's see if I can wait till January for them to pay me so I don't owe any tax. Well, that's great. But five years on when you want to sell and I want to look at your profit and loss statements and it's zero, 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 zero for profit. What's that company worth? 
the, the initial oh. assessment would be zero. <laughs> right. I mean, and then I just have to go in and dig deeper to figure this kind of stuff out, right? You do. And sort of one of the premises of my book is that you know, when you get to that cell event, the more things you have to explain, the higher the risk, the lower the con, the higher the risk to the buyer, the lower the confidence of the buyer, and therefore the lower the price is going to be. Right. Right. So if yeah, you go I mean, in I think and you say, just... well, my profits were really this because, you know, I expensed my daughter's writing lessons and those weren't really business expenses. So you had to add those back in to come to the true profit. I might agree with you and say, okay, I'll, I'll add those back in to look at the true profit. But in the back of my head, I'm saying, well, that's a little hinky. What else is hinky that I'm not finding out about? You know, where else has he cut corners that I don't know about? Right. And what kind of liabilities might be lurking around the corner in terms of the IRS or back taxes owed or whatever? Do I have to put a bucket in to take care of those or, you know, whatever? And that all of that doubt, all of that, um, all those kind of things reduce the value. Yeah. So the thing is, this is a that's a delayed gratification move that you're talking about right now. Right. I mean, that's basically what's going on. Um, how do you how do you talk? A business owner into that, right? I mean, I mean, I, I want this thing to spit out cash so that I can, you know, have the, a bigger boat or a better car or a better vacation or whatever. This is what I thought I was doing. I thought it was so I could be more, spend more, do more. And you're telling me something different. How do you yeah. talk people into that? Well, I, you know, you know me, Phil. I try not to talk people into anything. If that's uh, <laughs> if that's the kind of business you want to run. I'm all in favor of it and you go knock yourself out. Um, so, you know, mostly I work with people who already are convinced that, hey, I want to build value in this business. I want to exit someday. And uh, they're looking for help on how to do that because they can't, they can't get that advice from other people, right? They have had, they've had a hard time getting a straight answer and they might get one little piece of it here and one little piece of it there, but here it's all in one spot. And I'm sure there are other things that aren't in the book that people could do to build value. And that's great. But I know these will, if you do these, you're well on your path. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's part of this is just based on your own experiences in terms of dealing with people who've kind of come to the spot, right? I mean, you know, when I've looked at chapter one, I read chapter one, I was like, okay, I remember the guy I'm thinking about that got that wrong, got it all wrong in his business. And for him getting it wrong meant that uh, there was nothing to sell when he wanted to sell. Right. And he, in his case, it was a life event, right? Something changed in his life and yep. he needed to find the exit on that business, but he'd found out that he'd basically already realized all the value he was ever going to realize from that business. And in fact, all he was going to have, was worried customers and ex-employees and all that kind of stuff because basically it collapsed because he was not in the process of building a, an asset. He was basically just peeling the money out of it as he went. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. So it's, you know, people who want to avoid that. Now, I'm not saying that you have to want to build value. You can want to be like that guy. But if you want to build value or if you're concerned about knowing how to build value, and it, you know, this book isn't just for business owners that want to build value. It's also helpful for management teams of a company that is trying to build value. What, you know, what kinds of things can you propose? What kinds of things should the team be working on? It could be helpful for attorneys or 
accountants or other consultants who are working with companies that want to build value? What sorts of things should you be considering or recommending or thinking about, right? All in one place. And some of the things aren't totally delayed gratification. There's, you know, there's a chapter on professionalizing your management so that uh, you're not the typical entrepreneur where all of the lines of communication come to you, where you're the hub of the spoke. How do you professionalize and and get up to the top and sort of replace yourself and work less hard and accomplish more, right? And so I think that that's something that will pay dividends from the moment you begin to do it. Um, yeah, no, no, I get that. And, that, and, and I really wanted to lead into that or get to that piece too, right? Is that, you know, there, these are, you know, today we're just going to hit a few of the things people get wrong and be basically, this is a book and how to get them right, right? If in fact, this is the thing you've decided you want to do. Um, and I think, you know, your other point is exactly, is also particularly spot on. Of course, who am I to make that judgment? You're the guy who saw this in other businesses as well. But if, um, you know, when you go, if you're trying to build this business because you just one day think you'd like to exit it in some way, making you critical for every business decision is probably not the strategy you want. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, I was having a conversation about this just yesterday with a with an investment banker who was talking about helping people exit and uh, he bought a, he brought up an interesting point which follows on from this whole replace yourself idea um, he said he has run into troubles recently with business owners who have federal certifications um, and I'm talking about veteran-owned business disabled, service-disabled, veteran-owned business, woman-owned business, minority-owned business. If a lot of the value of your business is contracts you got from those kinds of set-asides, that is, um, that's great, and it's going to help you grow your business, and I'm all for it, but you have to know that you've got to have a strategy for how you, how do you value the business when that goes away? If you want to leave the business, if you take that designation with you, what's the business worth without it? And, um, you know, that can be a problem. And he said, you know, he's run into that where potential acquirers find out you have one of those certifications. And now instead of 10 or 20% of the sale price being an earn out over time, 50% of the price is an earn out over time, as you have to prove over the years after you've made the sale that your company could continue the way it was without the cert. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so, so two things we've hit, I mean, one of which is, you know, show profit, right? Super simple, show profit. If you you intend to do this, make it clear how you make money doing what you do. And the other is, of course, you had professionalize your management team. If we wanted to give folks another one or two things that kind of they, that business owners want to get right, if they want to build value, where would you head? Yeah, I think the most important chapter in the whole book and the most important thing you can do is the chapter on engaging in regular, rigorous strategic planning. I think that's, uh, that is something that a lot of small to medium-sized growing businesses skimp on because everyone in the company is so busy uh, performing the services or uh, producing or selling the products and dealing with the fires that come up day-to-day and the problems that come up day-to-day that they never take a time to get away from the office, the management team, the senior management team, to get away from the office, put all the distractions aside, and spend a day or two days really talking about strategic, your strategic plan and your 
strength and your weaknesses and your opportunities and your threats and your um, your mission statement and your values and all those sorts of things you can do in strategic planning. And even if they do take the time to do it, they do it one time and they don't ever do it again for years and years. And uh, obviously, you know, in a small business, things iterate so fast that you really need to be doing it. I think once a year is a bare minimum and it's better two times a year or even three times a year. More than three yeah. times a year is too much. It's too hard to gather everybody and take time off and not enough changes. So I'd say once or twice a year is sort of the sweet spot. Yeah. Well, you know, I think in that, right, I mean, part of what happens is, and I think a lot of people go, man, we've gone into that planning bubble, as it were. We go into that spot and we really kind of do understand it. But then we bust the bubble. We go back out and we do things the way we were doing it before. I mean, I think that there's there are lots of things that people don't sit around and they don't do that planning. They don't. And it's not just the planning. It's the uh realizing, planning, and then implementation, right? I mean, actually going out and making the changes of what we did. But if if you can create that cycle to happen on a regular basis, this is what keeps you from like rolling down the road in the wrong direction. That's right. Most of the difficulties you run into in a management team or partners in an entrepreneurial partnership where you and I are having a knockdown drag out about some issue, um, and I can't understand why you think the way you th- are thinking and you can't understand the, why it's because we both have different visions of what the future is supposed to be. We're, we're not headed to the same place. Um, these strategic planning sessions can help everybody share that common vision. And then all the micro decisions you have to make are made a lot easier because you all know where you're going. Uh, you still may have disagreements, but you can give each other sort of unconditional positive regard that we both have created a shared vision and we've committed to that vision. And to your point, when you engage in one strategic planning session and you come out of it, you feel all good, the chances of you implementing are low. Uh, But if you engage in regular strategic planning, you will build up a cadence and there will be accountability. And at the beginning of the next session, so I just did one with Richard Bliss And it was a follow-on to the last one. And we did a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. But we did it kind of in the reverse order. We did um, weaknesses and threats first. And what we did was we looked at the list we made last time. And when I do weaknesses and threats in a strategic planning session, I also do actions and mitigations for each one of them. So we looked at it and said, well, here's the threat we identified. Here's the mitigation we said we were going to engage in. Did we? Did it work? If we didn't, why not? Is it still a threat? You know, what are we going to do about it? So that <clears throat> once you build up that cadence where, where the, the idea that there's going to be accountability and there's going to be follow-up sort of gets baked in and you're doing it on a regular basis, then the follow-up and the execution just get better and better and better and better over time. Yeah. I, the thing is, I think these are all just gold ideas. And if you're in the spot where you're trying to, again, create a business that you're going to realize value over time, right? And I think, you know, showing a profit, professionalized management, planning regularly, right? I mean, strategic planning regularly, that's on the business, not in the business, right? But getting outside, looking in and seeing, I just think these are all uh, valuable ideas. And quite frankly, we've only hit three chapters out of the book. So, I mean, right. there's just a lot of good stuff in here. And 
Um, if we're looking to learn more, I mean, the book's just kind of an easy entry-level way to kind of get this thing started. Um, now, as we're recording this, you're right in the, it's not quite out yet, but you're pretty close to being out. But either way, whether someone's looking to be on the list when it comes out or to actually find out how to buy it, which we're going to say where better books are sold, not where crappy books are sold, but where better <laughs> books are sold, you should be able to buy this one as well. But then go to the website to learn more and uh, to get additional notes and stuff from you about it, right? That's right. So the website is F Scott P. Uh, which is my first initial F for Frederick Scott, my middle name, S-C-O-T-T, P uh, as in Pfeiffer. So fscottp.com. And there's a place where you can sign up for a newsletter that Claire and Henry and I, my children are helping me, my, you know, grow your own team. Uh, there's a newsletter we're setting up, which will hopefully come out once a month. And you'll be able to click on the book link. And once the book's live, you'll be able to buy the book. It'll be available on Amazon. Um, and before the book's launched, you'll be able to sign up to get an email when the book is launched. So either way, uh, you'll be able to find that there. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn, where I'm Scott Pfeiffer. And I post sometimes about business value and other topics. And, um, you know, heck, I'm usually at Tech After Five when, when those are live. So come see me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's the thing. So folks, go to F. Scott P. You can find out about the book, get other stuff from Scott. Um, but I just think you ought to do that. If this is the kind of thing that's interesting to you is having a plan for where you're headed with your business, then why would you not get this and add a little bit of Scott's thinking into your thinking and uh, see where that might catch you. So F Scott P and just click on the book and you can find out more about it, whether it's now or later. Awesome. Thanks, Phil. I Thank appreciate you, Scott. It. Yeah, man excited for you, excited for the release of the book, and, and really excited for those folks who you're going to help figure out how to build their business, right, in the way they want it. So good for you.